If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. This one for February 15th. 2022, episode 531. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by, as always, Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. How's the cookie business, Destin? It's going good. People seem to really like the cookies. That makes me very happy. I can confirm. Vegan version. Yum. <laughs> but uh, you got to get you got to get that approval to sell outside of California, my friend. You got st- so many you, customers just waiting <laughs> on you here. You have to register with the FDA. And it's an undertaking. I don't have. I haven't had time to do it. <laughs> well, you know, you do have a something of a day job, so it's yeah, uh, right. It's understandable. <laughs> Stella Chung, how are you? I'm good. Excited to talk about games today. <laughs> we have plenty of them, although also we have TV shows and movies about we video do. games. So there's yes. a lot to get to. Everything Miranda Sanchez, hello. How are you? Hi, hello. Doing well. I had one of Dustin's chocolate chip walnut cookies Ooh. yesterday. So I'm, I'm pretty good. And you, yeah, you they're haven't excellent. eaten since, right? Because they're like, they're like the size they of dinner huge. plates. I, I ended up freezing them. So since there are four huge ones, I, I made the mistake of eating like two pretty quickly in a row. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to gain so much weight. Oh, I mean, it's not that much, but it, they're big. And when I got the box, I was like, these are heavy. What? <laughs> it's so cool. Um, no, they're delicious. So I, I freeze them and now I can take them in as a yeah, treat. You could awesome. eat dinner off of the cookies and then oh, eat oh the God. plate, eat the cookie as dessert. <laughs> And that is a marketing opportunity. You yeah. can have that one for free. Uh, Miranda, Miranda is being very smart freezing them because they will last a like three months if you freeze them. So oh my God. you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, I cookies, was gross. So. I, I, I ate one. I ate mine like one a day for four days. And, <laughs> and, and I also have not eaten since. So uh, All right. thank you, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started here. There is a lot to talk about. And I actually wanted to start uh, with some video game TV and movie stuff that's happening. First, a shameless plug, although it's not really shameless because I'm actually very proud of this. IGN is putting on for the second consecutive year IGN Fan Fest. It's happening this weekend. The broadcast starts Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific. That's 2 p.m. Eastern. 
We have panels from a ton of different games and movies and TV shows. One of them, my lone contribution to this, was hosting the Halo TV series panel with Kiki Wolfkill from 343, uh, the director, the showrunners, and most of the principal cast. Uh, really, I really had a good time talking to all of them. And I think, I mean, we got some information in there that I haven't seen anywhere else since, since I shot this thing. So I would highly encourage everybody to check that out if you are curious to learn more about the Halo TV show, which of course is coming up in just over a month, March 24th on that. Uh, Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, actually, I'm going to throw to Miranda next, because just before we recorded, we got some more or less out of the blue news about a a previously long in development video game film project that went away. And it's back, Miranda. Yeah, so we're going to get a Bioshock movie, (laughs) y'all, which is very strange. Uh, so this morning, Netflix just announced that they're going to partner with 2K and take two to make a film adaptation of Bioshock. They say specifically in the tweet, renowned video game franchise Bioshock. So they're not necessarily saying which game that they're focusing on, but the art that they use is from the first Bioshock. So that might indicate that that's what they're targeting. However, I would take that as a grain of salt because I'm sure that was just probably the first easy promotional asset they could get. Uh Though, Because, you know, they're probably going to do Bioshock 1 and not Bioshock 2. Uh, but at that point, too, there's a lot of debate of, okay, uh, are they going to take inspiration from the other planned Bioshock movie that was mentioned previously? Are they going to do something completely different? Are they just going to adapt the game into its own thing? Uh, I really do hope they do something original. Like I think they could have... Uh, Andrew Ryan and Atlas and things, but not have to necessarily follow the original Bioshock. I think this is also going to come out sooner than we'd anticipate as well. I feel like Netflix actually moves pretty quickly on development of a lot of the movies they do. So in shows. So I'm curious to see what happens there. Uh, Arcane has given me a lot of hope for video game adaptations, but I think that one, because the lore in league is developed so differently from something that's like, you know, Bioshock, which is a narrative first person game you have a lot to contend with as far as like making sure that you're sitting right with everything. So I do hope they take sort of their own approach to what Rapture could look like in a movie. Um, And I hope they make it very gory and very scary. (laughs) What what are the odds, Miranda, of this being good, do you think? Honestly, I think they could tell really great stories. There are so many lovely side stories in Bioshock. I think if like you really listen to all the audio logs and things and really dig into the lore, there's there's a lot of cool moments there. Um, and I think even just like the fall of Rapture is really enticing. So I think there's a good chance that this could be cool. Um, I think especially if you take it away from that main game story, you get something more interesting because I think some of your choices that you have with saving the little sisters or how you ultimately end the game really does matter. And that's a big part of games, right? Uh, that's I think is really a healing is that you have agency you get to make choices and kind of guide what happens like you can choose to go explore these things or not you can choose to kill these enemies or not and it depends on the game of course um and so when you have a movie and you take that away that inherently changes how you know that story plays out and i think it's important to maybe take that into consideration and hopefully choose a story that more fits with that storytelling medium right like what is a film offer versus a video game and i think if they can make the most of what a film is rather than what the video game does then i think they can do a good job 
I mean, it feels to me like Netflix, their track record with movies is completely, I mean, I guess like any other studio at this point, it's across the board, right? They've made pretty schlocky, like not terrible, but not hardly like Oscar caliber Resident Evil movies, speaking of video game films on Netflix, but they've also made like Oscar nominated stuff like Don't Look Up, right? So I don't know where where this is going to fall on that scale. I mean, you did mention Arcane, which I still haven't watched. It's on my watch list on Netflix and I still haven't gotten there, but I've heard from you and everyone else, nothing but great things. But the, I will say a, a movie, I'm a little less optimistic about a movie than a TV show, only because TV, you have so much more room to breathe, right? If you do, even if you do eight 30 minute episodes, that's four hours versus, you know, this Bioshock movie is probably going to be two and a half hours at the absolute most. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know how right. I feel about this yet. I mean, the, the previous script uh, and film was attached to uh, Gore Verbinski who did the Pirates of the Caribbean, I think if I remember correctly. And that script has been making the rounds online. And I think people mm-hmm. like, like it, it was a good script. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Destin, how, how were you fall on the optimism slash hype scale for a Netflix Bioshock film? We've gotten a lot of good video game adaptations lately. People are hopeful about The Last of Us show that will be a, a recurring series, like you said. And Netflix did really good with The Witcher, so I'm actually fairly True. optimistic with this. Um, I think that both Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, just the stories told within those two games, uh, are compelling. So I could imagine those being adapted into a, a movie I do share the same concern as you, though. I don't know if around two hours is enough time to tell everything that happens in those stories. So hopefully there's not something lost in translation in reducing the amount of time it takes to tell those stories. And we still get those impactful moments from those games. Yeah, I mean, what, Bioshock won, what, 20-hour game? And now it's going to be boiled down to about 10% of the runtime for a film, which, when I put it that way, it makes me go, oh, I don't know, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Yeah. Stella, Stella your game. thoughts on this, too? Um, I mean, I'm excited because Bioshock has such great lore to it. Uh, I think that even if they took, I, I think for this first movie, if they took all of the lore that you pick up in the first game that kind of details what exactly happened, um, I think that would be really great. I think that would be a great precursor, and then maybe they could get more time. Maybe they could get more budget for more movies. Um, and then the actual story that we did get to experience in Bioshock gets to be told properly. So I'd be totally okay with that. I think that'd be really fun. Um, I, either way, I am excited just because I love the lore in Bioshock. I mean, that's kind of like another favorite of mine, um, just like Fallout. So for me, I love it. I'm very excited. But at the same time, I'm just like, please do this right. <laughs> you know who really hopes this movie is good? That's 2K. Because, you know, they had to... They're involved, obviously. They own the IP because... They know that they've got a, a, a new Bioshock game in development, and we know they do. And if this movie comes out and it's a total stinker, well, it's certainly not going to do, you know, sort of mass market momentum for the new game any favors. So we shall see on that one. Uh, and then the other TV-related thing, I promise this is a video game podcast, and we'll talk about plenty of video games here in a second. But it's fun that, that we, have, we have video games touching all forms of pop culture now. Uh, and a real good one 
is The Cuphead Show on Netflix. It's out on Friday. The IGN review is up. We gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, I was also fortunate enough to get screener access. I've watched uh, the first three or four episodes, so about roughly the first, uh, what is that? I think there are 10. I don't remember exactly how many off the top of my head, but I concur with our review wholeheartedly. It is fantastic. I can't wait for all of you guys to see it because it is, you know, it's it's got a classic animation look in in the very best of ways. It doesn't look like a computer approximation of like a cheap, you know, because doing, doing it by computer is the cheap, easy way to go. Uh, and I'm sure they absolutely use computers to do this, but it looks extremely authentic. It's It's got that sort of timeless uh, humor, like kind of that Looney Tunes type, a lot of slapstick stuff. The voice acting's great. So I am loving this show so far, and I'm so happy for the Moldenhauer Studio MDHR. Uh, they've done a great job adapting this, and everybody, I highly encourage checking this out when it hits Netflix on Friday. The episodes are short. They're like 10 to 15 minutes each, kind of just these little little bite-sized things, and uh, fantastic, so don't miss that. Let's move on with video game news now, if you've been waiting this long. Uh, we're going to talk even more about Activision Blizzard and Xbox this week because there is more to the story that continues to unfold here. So, you know, we've talked a lot about exclusivity, as is the, the key, a key discussion topic with all of these major acquisitions that Microsoft and Sony have been making over these recent years. And Microsoft has confirmed that Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles will not uh, just be released to honor existing contracts on PlayStation, but they will be released on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future. So in a blog uh, that, that Microsoft themselves published to explain how the company will adapt to gain regulatory approval for the proposed merger that, again, has... Uh, not yet become official. It would become official next summer. Microsoft President Brad Smith addressed concerns that popular games would no longer be available on competing consoles, saying, quote, to be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with, uh, agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love, end quote. Uh, Smith and, added, go ahead, Destin, yes. And hey, we even wanted to come to Nintendo, FTC. CFTC, see how cool we are? <laughs> that is exactly what he was about to say next. Yes, he said, uh, my, we are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers, and for our business. Uh, there Now, there are caveats here, of course. So he did not commit to all the traditionally multi-platform. And you could parse this, and you almost have to, right? Like, I know it's kind of a an internet-ism to just, like, completely parse the words, but that's what lawyers do, and that's what carefully worded corporate statements do. So there is, there is a reason to do that. But, uh, and, you know, so it's also... This also doesn't address any new games that might spring up in the wake of the acquisition after Microsoft takes over. So, uh, Des, let me go back to you first here. Yeah, so 
I was really surprised by the fact that Activision games are going to be on all the platforms. But then this whole Brad Smith's interview, I thought was really, really interesting. I think the whole Xbox Game Pass thing is going to come really, really into play with this deal. Some of his quotes are uh, sort of along the lines of, but on top of those kinds of standards, we think there is more room for more stores to reach more people with more choices, more games, and more apps. And we think that will be better for everybody. It seems like they're vying for PlayStation games on Xbox and vice versa. And he even went on to say, but this can be a bright future. This should be a bright future for our industry. And most importantly, for the people who create apps and the people, the consumers, the gamers who use them. So it does feel a little bit like they're playing nice for the FTC, but time is going to tell like how this all pans out at the end of the day, right? Yeah, I mean, and remember, Microsoft has uh, run into antitrust trouble before back in the day mm-hmm. uh, with Windows uh, and and uh, Internet Explorer being bundled in there. Uh, Miranda, where do you what do you make of all this, this ongoing is it or isn't it exclusive <laughs> saga that we are having with just Activision like Bethesda? It's a non-issue at this point. Right. I think one thing I said previously as well was that it's safe to assume that everything's going to be exclusive until they say otherwise. And this is them coming up to say there will be exceptions, which is fine. You know, it's like it's their business. They got to they got to play the way they think is most appropriate. So um, I don't know, like games in more places is always better. So people have more options and, you know, it's, that's fine. You know, we just heard last week about the Bungie, or not last week, two weeks ago, I guess, about Bungie and the yep. commitment to keep putting that out on on a bunch of platforms. And Sony will make money off of those platforms and, and off of the long tail of those Bungie games. And this seems like it's largely the same thing, Stella, where, you know, with Call of Duty, it'll come out probably still every year if Microsoft decides <laughs> that's what they want to do. And they can put it on Game Pass and get more Game Pass subscribers, which is what they want, and they can put it out on PlayStation and make seventy bucks a pop on the well, you know, they're minus, uh, you know, minus who anybody else's cut that needs to be taken out. So that it seems like they're in a pretty good position either way here. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't continue releasing on multiple platforms. I mean, it, it can only benefit them anyways. So I feel like if, if they did move off of that format, it would really hurt them. So, I, I mean, I'm not like super surprised. Um, I, I think it's smart and I kind of didn't really expect them to go any other way. So. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the thing, you know, talking about parsing the words, I do think, you know, Phil has already talked about, uh, he's been quoted as saying, you know, he name dropped Hexen and some of the other sort of archive awesome games in the Activision catalog. And I think it's a done deal that we're going to see Activision Blizzard make more games under Microsoft than they w- than they have been as in their current iteration where most of the studios just work on Call of Duty in, in, in some sort of support role. And then there are very few other games that are that are being released. And and now, uh, if, if Microsoft decides, well, yeah, let's have some of these studios make some new games, all of those are probably going to be exclusive. I mean, there's no reason why they wouldn't at that point. But, um, 
But Destin, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Game Pass is still the ace up Microsoft's sleeve here, right? They, they, if you if you are a gamer deciding between, well, do I want to do I want to go with PlayStation Five when I upgrade, or do I want to go with Xbox Series X? I mean, hopefully you can eventually get both because that's the ideal way to play video games is on all the platforms. But if you're making that choice and you see, and, and even if Sony does come out as rumored with their own version of Game Pass, if the best-selling biggest game every year is on Xbox's Game Pass service, that's a pretty strong motivator for choosing the Xbox ecosystem, right? Yeah, and I think we're going to see more and more companies get better about their version of whatever Game Pass is going to be. I think we're going to start seeing, like if Spartacus, the rumored PlayStation service launches, I think we're going to see that on televisions, just like we're going to likely see Xbox games on televisions via the cloud in the near future. All of these services, I believe, are using Azure, which is Microsoft-owned. And honestly, Microsoft... It's, it's not about them purchasing Activision. It's about whether or not the FTC is going to look into something like their, their cloud servers and their cloud-based gaming things yeah. that everybody has to use, right? So everybody's looking at like, whoa, is Call of Duty going to be exclusive or is it not? I It's the wrong question to be looking at or the long wrong angle to be looking at and i think the ftc is smart enough to know yeah okay we hear you about call of duty you have all these other things that you have your your uh your fingers in right so let's make sure we look holistically at the whole picture but i think the deal goes through i actually talked with uh, a friend hoglot he thinks it goes through he says it's like 80 20 he used to do with mergers and stuff like that so um it's just there's too much competition in the market. There's no way that like this is seen as a monopoly. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by Nord VPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, Nord VPN is a great way to go. You can use Nord VPN, a virtual private network to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D VPN dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so, yeah, the, the saga of the Activision Blizzard acquisition goes on. We'll probably keep hearing about this for the next year or so <laughs> until it becomes official. But uh, we're not done talking about Call of Duty uh, or Activision Blizzard this week. Miranda, I want to go to you here as our in-house Call of Duty expert slash super fan. Uh, we've got news, not just vague tweets anymore, but concrete news on this year's Call of Duty game. Call of Duty 2022 will be, uh, while they, they aren't specifically addressing it as Modern Warfare 2, it will be a sequel to Modern Warfare 2019, a.k.a. the reboot, and being designed uh, with a new Warzone experience as well, both those projects are being led by Infinity Ward. Uh, the update to Warzone, if we want to call it Warzone 2, is being called a massive evolution of Battle Royale with an all-new play space and new sandbox mode, as well as a new game engine powering both Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2. So... Uh, Miranda, does this get you fired up about Call of Duty in the year 2022? No. no. <laughs> I feel bad. But, okay, so for me, like, calling me, like, was I a Call of Duty fan? Yes. Am I still? Debatable. Uh, which is hard because I feel like in the past few years, it's it's felt like a letdown after letdown. Like, even for me, uh, Modern Warfare, I liked, but even just watching some footage of the, the multiplayer, that like, my heart is in the multiplayer. I I understand that there are a lot of campaigns people love, but for me, Call of Duty through and through is about its multiplayer. And when it's disappointing, it's hard to look back fondly on it. And I think the last, even with the campaigns, the last one I liked, I know we've given a lot of grief about World War II games. And it was like, oh, there's so many. Um, I I did like how they structured their, like, world war ii game like i thought that was fun um then we went to modern warfare and i had some issues with the campaign right i know you liked it a little bit more than myself yeah and the multiplayer like i just i have a hard time being excited for any of it the one thing i am excited for though or more curious about is their quote-unquote evolution of battle royale like what does that look like because i think in the past, we did look at Call of Duty of, of being sort of a pinnacle of first-person shooters and being able to push boundaries and what we could expect or time to kill or different systems. Like, I remember when killstreaks were just such a, a big thing for everybody and, like, learning how to get used to that sort of twitchy environment. Like, of course, that's always existed, but I think Call of Duty really pushed it in a specific way. And I want to see what they have planned for Battle Royale because I think that's a very interesting space in shooters right now, obviously, 
as it is very important and popular. Uh, so I think that's what I'm curious to see. And, and I do hope that their new Modern Warfare sequel doesn't call it like Modern Warfare 2 or something. Like they really need to get away from that old naming, I think, because it is a little confusing to be like, I'm going to play Modern Warfare. And like, oh, the old, no. I mean, obviously nobody needs, almost nobody needs the old game. But <laughs> um, I, I think it, it would make it a little bit more clear for them to denote that these are very separate things. Um, and also, we sh- I think we should also be careful of calling about Warzone Warzone 2, just because even though it is an expansion or an update, it's not like it's not. They're, they're intending <laughs> to remake it or anything, right. too. It's just a, an, a refresh of it, if you will, which I think they need. I mean, that's that's the big challenge, I think, of running a Battle Royale or any of these ongoing games is like you really have to have that new content. You have to have something that's interesting to look forward to to make it more complex and i think when i think about the games that i've stuck with more than 10 years which is weird to think about like things like dota i think the strategy and complexity involved is inherently built in but even with that you still have to keep doing things that are updating keeping it fresh in ways that keep people coming back and i think with shooters because there is strategy involved the complexity comes from the design and the new tools that you kind of get people to play with so i think that's harder to balance for and harder to complete keep making and making new um so i'm curious to see what they're going to do to keep that refreshed and relevant stella how about you are you any more optimistic this year than than miranda is with regard to (laughs) either the war zone update well and or the uh the modern warfare 2 campaign sequel um, I'm not really expecting anything until we get more news. Like I, this is great. Um, they're nice words, but I mean, the last time that we saw an update to Battle Royale that was supposed to, or for Warzone that was supposed to be massive was a map change, but the map actually didn't change that much. So I know a lot of people were really disappointed in how they were being presented with this like update, but it didn't end up being that different and they just felt kind of disappointed. Um, so, I mean, I don't doubt that it'll be a good addition to uh, Call of Duty, but again, like I'm just, I'm just exhausted with Call of Duty at the moment just because it's been releasing every year. Um, but I am curious to see how this next update will go, especially to Warzone, because I know Warzone has been kind of in a content drought recently. Um, and I know they're just now like fixing a lot of things like balancing issues. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that'll p- play out. But as of right now, I, I have like zero expectations. Well, Destin, I'll, I'll leave it to you for the final word on this. I mean, it's a lot of people kind of expected the annual Call of Duty cadence to exhaust itself years ago and it's just kept going and going but it does seem like maybe these last couple years that's finally starting to happen is is uh modern warfare 2 slash warzone 2.0 the the ticket to to get you fired back up oh yeah 100 percent, ryan i am all in because warzone 2 is here now in reality um here's the thing we're seeing all these headlines about oh vanguard da 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 uh, not selling well. It's like the number one game still. Like I think Pokemon beat it out, which isn't that strange. And it's like the number two seller. So this idea that Vanguard is like all doom and gloom, I'm like, it's still sold like better than most of the things on the market right now. It's going to remain in the top 10 on MPD for like ever. So let's not feel too bad for the Call of Duty franchise. <laughs> How about, you know, I think it's going to be just fine. 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I guess I will say I'm, you know, I unlike I'm the opposite of Miranda is I'm at the point where I mean, I used to play Call of Duty multiplayer for those first several years and kind of fell off of it over the years. Um, the the time to kill is I just I don't know. I like a I like a, a higher time to kill, a slower, a bit of a slower pace, which Halo has always been more my speed than Call of Duty multiplayer. And so I've always played the campaigns and. I, again, I really enjoyed the Modern Warfare reboot campaign and uh, and the fact that this Modern Warfare 2 is going to have a new engine. Great. That only gets me more fired up if they're really going to take full advantage of the Series X. So I am optimistic uh, and we'll just see when they decide to start showing this thing because they're talking about it earlier than pretty much ever here, just a couple months after Vanguard had come out. Let's stay in the... Xbox Activision universe for one more segment here. Microsoft has committed to, quote, putting the right people in the right position at the helm of Activision Blizzard amid the ongoing serious allegations around the company's toxic workplace culture. As reported by VGC, Microsoft President Brad Smith, him again, told CNBC that his company is looking at the current leadership team at Activision Blizzard and that there will be change to some aspects should the deal proceed. Uh, He said, quote, we're looking to the leadership team at Activision Blizzard today to make culture and workplace safety a top priority every single day until the day when this deal hopefully closes. And then we'll take over and we need to make the same commitment. Uh, There will be some aspects that will change, but it will all be one new team that will work together. Most importantly, we want to see the culture evolve and we'll see how people perform between now and the day this closes, assuming it's approved. And then we'll have the opportunity to make sure that we have the right people in the right position. Uh, Stella, this this really sounds like polite corporate speak way of saying, if you guys don't shape up, you guys are gone as soon as we take over. Am I am I uh, crazy in interpreting it that way? I don't think so because uh, so the line um let's see let's see where was it uh there will be some aspects that will change but it will all be one new team that will work together that part i'm just like okay maybe maybe there is some structural change that's going to happen which is good and uh, again saying putting the right people in the right position at the helm of activision blizzard that could be a really good sign um i I'm, I'm glad to hear them talk more about it. Um, it's still very like vague in terms of what exactly they're going to do. So I am not leaning on or like anticipating anything really right now. But it, it is good that they're beginning to be more public about talking about this. Um, because I know a lot of people were like, well, what, do, what does this mean? What, what direction is, is this going to uh, go? Because, th- I mean, Activision Blizzard is still in that lawsuit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, everyone is just waiting to see if, like, is that going to progress? What does this buyout mean? So, um, I guess it's something. It's it's not much, but it's something. <laughs> Destin, do you see this as a, uh, a a fire being lit under the backsides of, of the existing Activision Blizzard leadership team? Microsoft's going to clean house. I think that wholeheartedly. Um, they're going to come in and they're going to be like, oh, you tried to union bust Raven, Raven software. Like you, you just like never did anything about that problem. And 
they're not going to put up with stuff like that. No. Microsoft is a very highly rated company looking on Glassdoor, like the, the, the reviews of the company. It's rated one of the, the best places to work. And they've they've made it uh, a lot of strides on the Xbox division specifically about the, these types of behaviors and not putting up with them. Uh, I wholeheartedly think they're going to come in. And if there's a lot of this toxic behavior still going on, they're gone. Period. That's what I think they're going to do. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think they'll be ready to hand out those pink slips the day that ta- they they take over. I don't think there's going to be an evaluation period. I think right now is that evaluation period, and they are they are watching closely. I'm glad you brought up Raven because that's a great, very public example. Yeah. Of uh of of something that is that is a, a systemic issue that that so far. Activision has turned a blind eye towards, right? They have refused to recognize that that union thus far. Uh, Miranda, where do you fall with this? Oh, it's a good public note for them to say, we see that people are really angry a lot of, about a lot of these things and hopefully also giving confidence to the employees, hopefully giving confidence to the employees there that things will uh, likely change once or if this does all go through. So it's just good to, I think, lightly speak on that. And and as we talked about when this deal first went down, the the funny part of this, I mean, it's not funny because they have a serious toxic toxic workplace culture that, that needs to be addressed. But it is just kind of uh, if it's humorous in a way that uh, Microsoft has made such a point, a careful, specific point to not change the studio culture at all of their other acquisitions. But in this case. They, that is the whole point. That is, or well, a, a big point. Obviously, there are you know plenty of reasons Microsoft, they didn't just do this to be heroes of the industry, that they did it for money. They did it because they think it's a great business opportunity, but they, uh, they, are, they are obligated here to address the workplace culture issues. And it is imperative that they do not leave the studio culture as is. Like, what's the story if they don't do anything? You don't think Jason Trier is going to be asking people the day that they take <laughs> over, like, hey, has workplace yeah. culture improved? What sure. changes are being made? Like, that's going to be a major story. So the idea that there's going to be like, all right, we took over. Yeah, we're totally cool with all this awful stuff continuing. It's just not going to happen, you know? Right. And it's not just, yeah. you know, excellent reporters in the industry that will be keeping those tabs on Microsoft after the this employees. goes through. It's yeah. the it's the state of California who is currently suing Activision, as uh, as I believe Stella mentioned earlier. Yeah, you know that they're going to be this. The state is going to be very interested in seeing how Microsoft is running this company after they take over as well. So there will be plenty of eyes on the situation. Uh, next up this week. A pleasant surprise of sorts. I mean, we knew it was coming eventually and we didn't know it would be today until it kind of leaked a little early yesterday, courtesy of the Microsoft Store. Cyberpunk 2077 has finally been released officially on the Series X and Series S. It is a 50 gigabyte next-gen update if you've already purchased the Xbox One version of the game. Uh, and smart, I think smartly, there's also a five-hour trial in it as well. If you've never, if you didn't buy the game, if you just, you know, you've heard... You've heard things about cyberpunk from your friends and from uh, the online gaming community, from IGN and others. 
And uh, I, I think it's wise here that CD Projekt Red is is kind of, you know, putting their money where their mouth is and saying, go ahead, try it for five hours and see if it's still broken, see what you think on next gen. Uh, Destin, I know you've spent so much time with this game on all the platforms going through, you know, you've, you did so much coverage for IGN when it did initially release and it's very, uh, very not good state on Xbox One specifically along with PS4. So uh, what do you think about this? Is this, uh, is this five hour trial a good move? Do you think it's going to be able to win over enough fans here to, to convert into some sales? I played on PC. I thought Cyberpunk 2077 was great. I agree with our PC review. I, I think it's a good game when you play on that platform. Were there misleading marketing things, to put it mildly? Absolutely. And people have every right to be angry about those things. My hope is that this patch addresses a lot of those concerns and that people get to experience the same at least type of game that I got to experience because yeah. I think there's a lot of good in Cyberpunk 2077. And it's so totally unfortunate that most people got to experience what was just a really, really bad game on consoles for so long. I'm really glad a lot of people just said, I'm not even going to touch it till the next gen patches out. And I hear that it's good. I hope they get to experience or at least see a fraction of, you know, the, potential that i saw with the pc version of the game stella did you play it at all when when it came out or and were, were you with it right now are you gonna get back in um yeah i played a bit uh i think we got early access to it and so i was no. playing it then and then after i was oh. playing as well like to help with um certain features and stuff yeah i not gonna lie the story just did not grip me I was more interested in exploring the city, seeing what else was around, right? Like, I love, I, again, in, in games like this, I really like the lore. I really like to explore. And, like, honestly, the best thing about this for me at the time was photo mode. I loved just, like, posing my character and, like, cool clothes and, like, different parts of the city. And I was like, I don't really care about the story. The combat's okay, but, I mean, I don't really feel a huge connection to it. Um, I have been wanting to play this and I've been wanting to like it. So I think this would at least bring me back into trying it again. Cause I have the game. So why not? Right. Yeah. I'm actually with you. I had started it on PC and I'm very fortunate. I have a pretty decent PC <laughs> now that home is work. Uh, I've done some upgrades and, huh. and yeah, I, I wasn't having a lot of technical problems on PC when it, when it had first come out in my experience, but I will say the net, the just, mass negativity around the game it did affect my willing my like desire to play it i was like oh, do i want to keep going with this and um i kind of want to jump back in now now that it's been a year plus and a whole bunch of patches we have all the patch notes and details on ign and uh miranda i i would suspect this release will be a boon to the very detailed very thorough and comprehensive game help, a uh, game guide that you and your team have created for Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, I went through the ringer early on with Dustin of just mapping out this game. And honestly, I, I know it's not exactly popular, but I really do love Cyberpunk. I, I had such a great time with that game. Like It was one of those games where I just stayed up unreasonably late playing. Um, and fortunately, I didn't run into too many issues. I was also playing early on PC. Um, so I've wanted to do a second playthrough for me and not for guides, <laughs> uh, which I think says a lot about the game for, for me at least. Um, and 
I've been waiting for this next gen patch for so long. And I'm like, why are you coming out right now? <laughs> yeah, right. There's too much. There's too much. <laughs> yeah. And Miko's coming out in Genshin like tonight. <laughs> I can't do this. Um, so I- I'm really excited for it. Um, I-, I think also because there's still the promise of DLC in the future as well. And I hope that's something that is enticing and works right off the bat for everybody and I'm, I'm sure that's also a priority for them and that's probably also why it took so long for us to get this update when it was supposed to be I think definitely last year um, so I'm hoping this is the release that it kind of should have been on consoles um, I completely sympathize with everybody who had like just the worst issues I mean obviously it's been off the PlayStation Store for a very long time for a reason and that is so disappointing um, and kind of echoing Dustin's thoughts, I just hope everyone has as good of a time as we got to have with this. Now that it seems to be fixed, I'm going to probably hop in here soon and update our guide. We have such a thorough guide, guys. We worked we worked so hard. So hard. So if you need it, if you have any questions, choices or consequences, want some romance guides, want an interactive we got you. We got you. We worked really hard and I hope you guys enjoy it. Absolutely. I'll never, I'll ne- uh, I did notice one other thing this morning as I was actually just pulling up this screenshot to have behind me for my background on the show today. And that is, uh, I think probably another smart move by CD project red, the series X series S version of the game is 50% off on the Microsoft store mm-hmm. right now. So it's 30 bucks. So if you do the trial and you find a game that you really like, that's not, you know, hope that's hopefully not a buggy mess. 30 bucks, uh, is, <laughs> Now, granted, it's been out for quite a long time now, so that you know maybe isn't the biggest surprise that a game that's been out this long is now half price. But you know, for a little further incentive to to dive in if if you never did, or if uh, if when you did, it was such a mess that you didn't want to keep going. And then, real quick, one other note I wanted to mention: speaking of uh, very unique first-person games that have a lot of hype behind them, as Cyberpunk did leading up to its release, and now Atomic Heart is a game we've covered a lot on IGN. Uh, this this indie project, this Russian developer named Mundfish, they've been, you know, you've seen the trailers probably on IGN at this point over the last couple years from when it was first teased and announced. It is a kind of Bioshock-ish look. You know, it's got some, it's got weapons, it's got crazy powers, and it is uh, clearly got some cool sci-fi elements to it, but Nobody still quite really knows exactly what the story of the game is, which is kind of it's kind of got that neat mystery to it. But they put up a new trailer that we have on IGN that you're seeing now if you're uh, if you're watching us on video on YouTube.com/slash IGN Unlocked, and it is a release window trailer. So they're not uh, quite locking in on a date yet. But the end of this, Miranda already knows what I'm about to say because it's I really thought it was clever what they did here. The end of the trailer, when they get to the release window, it sort of slowly reveals 2022. Okay, great. And then underneath that, it, it's a bunch of hashtags <laughs> and the letters B-E-R 2022. So it, we, we, we know that release window, here, here it is, here it comes if you're watching on video. It's going to be September, October, November, or December. Oh my God. So somewhere in the last third of the year, that is the window which I thought was just a really clever way to do it because it buys them some wiggle room, right? Like they could be aiming for September or October, but if they at the last, you know, last minute need to polish some more, well, they can push it out and still, still be right in their, in their uh, release window trailer. But uh, Miranda, I'll go to you first here. Cause I, 
this game, it is a single player story driven first person shooter. That's come, you know, it, as much as I love halo, halo's, I mean, halo's the best first person shooter I've played in a while, but it's the sixth main entry in a 20 year old franchise. I'm really excited about this because it's something fresh and new. How about you? Yeah, it, it's also just a very strange vibe it gives. If you've seen any of the trailers, it's like, what is happening? <laughs> um, I, I will say my favorite genre of game, which it's it's not a genre, but it's like the type where you have a gun in one hand and a power in the other. That's what I want. I just want to play those games forever. It's like Control, yeah. Bioshock. Um, and now this is looking to do similar to that. I, I'm very curious, and I think it is quite cheeky how they did their release date window, so I, I can appreciate that. Um the enemies are strange cyborg things and there's just robots everywhere. And I just really love when games get kind of weird and creative with their things. And I can, that's what I can see here. And I'm, I'm down for that. Destin, where are you on the the hype meter with this game? Watching this every time I see it, I'm just like, this is new. This is weird. I've never seen anything quite like this. It's got a little bit of Bioshock. It's got a little bit of, uh, you know, some great FPS mechanics in there. I'm I'm in. I'm down for trying it out, seeing what it's all about. I have no idea what it's about, but the, just the enemy design, like watching the enemy design yeah. on this B-roll. It's like it's so unseemingly and so creepy two seconds later. And I love it. I cannot wait to shoot out everything. <laughs> Stella, how about you? Let's uh, we'll check in with you on this as well. It, it so it's giving me like um, altered carbon slash love death and robots vibe, which is why I think I like it. But I actually have a phobia of like androids <laughs> and very and like seeing like the innards and stuff. So I have been like covering up this trailer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't do well with that at all. Like it is a legit like it goes beyond just a fear. So for me, I'm like I don't think I'll touch it. But like it looks really cool. I wish I could enjoy the world. But like there's that one. I, I was watching the trailer and there's that one face that just deconstructs and i was like oh. yeah yeah so i was like yeah i, I, can understand <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it i can't do it <laughs> our uh our our friend and frequent unlocked guest cam hawkins very public that if it's like if a game's got a big spider in it he's out so i <laughs> yeah i completely I, understand and respect <laughs> that i uh I, I i'm with you um all right real quick before we get to trivia just want to mention game pass stuff coming up for this week if you want to play Mass Effect Legendary Edition in the cloud on your phone, <laughs> go for it because it's there the now. The best which way is... to experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a heck of a way to to dive into Mass Effect or to. I mean, but hey, if you want to pick up and you know do a side quest while you're out and about, now you can do that. Uh, Lawn mowing simulator is out on Friday, Ooh. which. <laughs> Those they are like mellow Zen experience kind of games. Don't don't knock it till yeah. you've tried it. Uh, Madden. Hey, I don't have a lawn. I'm excited about this. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in California. Madden in the Bay 22. Area. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Madden on its way on uh, Friday as well to console and PC. Which again, that's that's a big get right there. Uh, now that the football season's over, why not get some more football in video game form? And Total War Warhammer Three on PC on Friday as well. Next week. RoboQuest, which is a game preview game on the 22nd, Galactic Civilizations 3 on PC on the 24th, and Super Mega Baseball 3, which while unlicensed is uh, very regarded, uh, very highly regarded as a baseball game. And then at the end of the month, Alice Madness Returns on the 28th on PC. Okay, trivia time here as we start to run low on time for this week's episode. 
Grant from Sydney, Australia, asks this very good trivia question, which I confess, I thought I knew this, and I didn't. So that makes it a pretty, I think, pretty good trivia question. We'll see how you guys do. Grant asks, before Microsoft's current phase of acquiring major publishers, they went through a phase of acquiring independent developers, many of which had some history with crowdfunding games. Which of these games by current Xbox Studios raised the most money from their crowdfunding campaign? Was it We Happy Few from Compulsion Games? Was it Torment, Tides of Numenera by Inexile? Was it Pillars of Eternity, which was at the time of its crowdfunding campaign called Project Eternity by Obsidian? Or was it Psychonauts 2 by Double Fine? I will go... Stella's way first on this. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, you know what? I, mm, I'm stuck between A and D. We happy few in Psychonauts too. I, I'm gonna go with A. I'm probably wrong. I'm gonna go with A. <laughs> okay, we happy few. Destin, I'll go to you now. I don't know. I'm going to say D Psychonauts because Double Fine is really popular. So I imagine they I got know. a lot of word of mouth. Dang okay. It. Uh, that leaves you, Miranda. I'm going to say C Pillars of Eternity. Well, all sound favorite. guesses. I I thought it would have been, uh, personally, I would have guessed also Pillars of Eternity. But in fact, In Exiles, Torment, Tides of Numenera. Really? Oh, edge okay. out. Pillars of Eternity. None of so. us got it. Wow. That's it almost impressive. We all cho- yeah, we all yeah. chose the wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew uh, it was going to be B or C. Way, yeah. so, I knew yeah. it was, but I Torment, didn't know if it was Pillars or Torment. Torment raised just under $4.2 million on Kickstarter. Pillars of Eternity was close behind 3986000 So it was about a, just under a $200,000 difference there. Psychonauts 2 was 3.8 million, and then We Happy Few was was after those. So, uh, Grant, you have stumped us all. That is an excellent trivia question. Good stuff. No points will be added to the board this week. If anybody out there has an Xbox trivia question that you'd like to send in, you, when you might get mentioned on the podcast if we use it, please email it my way. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include, of course, the question, Four multiple choice answers. Please note the correct answer in your email. And we'll play again next week. And with that, we come to the end of Unlocked 531. Destin, you want to give yourself a plug? Anything you're working on? Besides cookies? I'm like, can I say that I'm working on it? Uh, yes, but that, that's probably no. Yeah. If you if you're not no. sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm working on some cool stuff for IGN. No, I tweeted that I'm working on the the Steam Deck, so yeah. I'm working on oh, the Steam nice. Deck stuff. And um, yeah, so that's coming soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary. If you're in California, you can order cookies LegaryBakery.com and uh, vlogs on YouTube. YouTube's the Destin channel. Destin, so busy, so busy. Yeah. Look at this guy. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Stella, what are you up to? Uh, well, I also hosted two panels on FanFest, one for 
the Legend of Vox Machina, where I got to talk to the entire cast, which was awesome. And also with uh, Vikings Valhalla, the spinoff show of Vikings, uh, where I got to talk to the showrunner um, and a few of the cast. So that'll be awesome. And you can follow me everywhere at Parallax Stella. So, yeah. Wonderful. Miranda, take us home. Yeah, you can follow me at Havoc Rose and Tevig with a K on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Those are the main places I'm at. Um, right now, the big thing for me is just coordinating a lot of guides. We've got a lot of guides going on. Don't know if you guys know this, but there's a lot of games coming out. So <laughs> um, please use our Cyberpunk guide. I'm really, really proud of that guide. So if you guys are playing and do need help or just want to consult your choices and see what paths you have for the campaign, um, we've got you covered. Fantastic. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You don't need to at me about the new DeLorean. I'm well aware. Believe me, I'm following every, every little morsel I can possibly get my hands on. Uh, I mentioned the Halo panel at the top and, and Stella's panels. Again, all of that gets started. IGN Fan Fest this Saturday, starting at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on IGN.com or YouTube.com slash IGN. For super producer Kate, alongside Miranda, Stella, and Destin, I'm Ryan. Again, this was Unlocked 531, and we'll see you back here next week. IGN FanFest, a massive event celebrating the biggest names in games and entertainment. And it's all powered by you, the fans. Join us for exclusive new looks and deep dives on the most exciting things you can't wait for this year. It's got goosebumps. Brand new gameplay, sneak peeks, stars, and your biggest questions answered. IGN FanFest kicks off on February 19th at 11 a.m. Pacific, so don't miss a second of it. one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a Best Comic Book Podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com. <laughs>